doing what Jesus said, going back, probably to Capernaum, um, um, and they get stuck in the, in the storm. Remember, they're just rowing and rowing. Jesus walks on the water, uh, and he says to them, fear not. In our English version, it is I. What did we learn two weeks ago? Yeah, Tom remembers. He says, fear not, I am. See, he, the, the disciples finally got their question answered the first time he calmed the sea, which was kind of on the way over. The first time he calms the sea, do you remember what they said? What manner, who is this? Who is this guy that even the wind and the waves obey him? And they had a psalm that went with it. It was called the Sailor's Psalm. And those four fishermen in there would have had that one memorized. And basically the Sailor's Psalm says, only God can control the wind and the waves. But they still weren't quite sure until this event. And Jesus says, fear not, I am. They finally got their question answered fully. Finally, at this point. So with that in mind, they, they make it to shore. Let's pick it up in verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Verse 54, and when they came out of the boat, here's his word. What's his word? Immediately. Immediately the people recognized him. Jesus can't catch a break. Like literally. I'm not, that's not a euphemism. He literally can't find time to rest. Why did they go to, to um, Bethsaida and the, and the wilderness side of the lake? For a retreat, just him and his guys. What happened when they got there? Everybody was there waiting for him. They saw him leave and they followed him on the shore. No break. Feeds the 5,000. That was a deity miracle. Made something out of almost nothing. Jesus can sense what's going to happen. The men are standing up, and they're going to try to make, forcibly make him the king. And so he dismisses his disciples and sends them away. They don't need to see that. Because the disciples had the same ideas, and they're wrong. <laughs> Amen? So, so Jesus dismisses the crowd. And as I said two weeks ago, I like that line. He, Jesus dismissed the crowd. He sent them away so that he could ultimately save them. And by the way, sometimes Jesus will send us away so that he may ultimately save us from ourselves and our best ideas. How many of your best ideas have sometimes turned around to bite you? Right? And that's what was happening here. They had such an earthly mindset. All they could see was the here and the now. And you're going to see, unfortunately, in our text today, that doesn't change. And honestly, as we bring contextual history into current um, history, that still hasn't changed. We are very earthly focused, aren't we? And we're going to see that today. So Jesus sends the crowd away, and he goes up the mountain to pray. Now remember, he's exhausted. He's exhausted. How does he recharge his batteries? He goes mountain climbing. That makes sense to anybody here? Not me. Right? And he goes up there. After he climbs the mountain, what's he do? He prays. He spends, he spends hours alone with the Father, and that recharges his battery. Now, if that was me, I'd be laying down on the shore taking a nap, right? But that's in the kingdom, that's not how you recharge your batteries. The way you get recharged is you spend time with God. And I think in that time, that alone time 
with the Father and the Son, Jesus is reminded of why he is there. And it's not the physical kingdom. It's the spiritual one that will last much longer. So this is our context as we come and approach this text today. And, and here, we'll, I'll give you fact number one. And I just kind of laid this in outline form today, but I'm going to make comments in between. Here's fact number one from verse 53. Jesus and his disciples crossed it. Now, this was also this whole sea slash lake of the city of Gennesaret, or the town of Gennesaret. It was named after that one time, and then it's also called uh, the Sea of Galilee. To the land of Gennesaret. Now it's interesting, if you look in the tent of the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, well, he sent the multitude. And it looks like, it looks like you, you see Bethsaida at, at the, in the Galilee there, and that there's, there's basically nothing between Bethsaida and Hippos to north to Bethsaida. But what happened when they got in the middle of the lake? They hit that Gennesaret, way over there where that red dot is. South and west of where they're, where you're going is not nearly as important as who you're going with. Amen? But they end up in Gennesaret in a complete opposite direction. Uh, things of change often alter our course. Isn't that true? But if Jesus better, as long as he's going with us and we're going with him. Amen? Or are you out there struggling with this on your own? So fact number one, they even miss Capernaum, their home base. And ended up connected to Jesus. All right? So I want to show you that. Uh, in Gennesaret, verse 54, And when they came out of the boat, get some lunch or breakfast. Like, you got to read this text. because then... And immediately what happens? Part of verse 55. And they ran through that whole surrounding those who were sick to wherever he was. They ran. They ran and got all the sick people. They ran and got everybody, whatever it was, and, and lepers, and they brought, him, they brought these people. So we see what's unfolding here in the text. He has just, what, what did he do the day before? They went to get away. It gets late, and he has taught all day long. He feeds them in two sardines, feeds all those people, sends his disciples away because he knows what. He dismisses them, and then, and then he sees from his they're struggling. They've been rowing for hours, and they're not, they're not, they're not winning. And I think it's in, in Matthew's gospel. Matthew says that when he gets in the boat, immediately they were, at, they were um, again, fascinating. But do you see any time for sleeping? And now everybody's coming to him. Here's reaction number one. Reaction number one, the people... Okay, so this is a dumb question. How did they recognize him? Like literally, this is not a trick question. They knew who he was. Now, did he look like every other Jewish man in town? Yeah. Who was with him? The disciples. They're starting to recognize those disciples too, but they knew what Jesus, when they saw Jesus and his disciples get in a boat and head to the wilderness, somebody was a lookout in miles on, on a rough shore. He's tried to keep his ministry limited and they just, they, they recognize who Jesus is. Jesus in the midst of our everyday life. Do we, do we always know him? Do we always see him? Do we always 
recognize him. And the, the people ran about the whole country. I love this. They ran. They were sick people, demon-possessed people, and they're getting people to Jesus. And Nazareth, that whole area, they started to spread the word. And they said, the Bible's running to get these people to Jesus. Get them there in time. Thank you. I love it when the little ones listen. They listen better than you adults sometimes, I think. <laughs> they had no way to say that. They had to get the word of mouth as they went along, right? First, they recognized him. Same sense of urgency today. Here, listen, listen, don't, don't miss this. This everyday life. You're not going to, you don't know who he is. And you don't know what he can do to Jesus. And they reacted by running and going to get everybody to three. We find this in the last part of 55. They ran through those who were sick, listen to this, to wherever they heard he was. They were relying, listen to this, they were relying. I see that. I'm not, am I making that up in a text? It's just a historical narrative. So I want, to, I want to, my brother Andy. He was born with cerebral palsy. He, he can walk in a pool. But uh, he never walked a day in his life. Imagine. And he is, he is healing. He is preaching the kingdom gospel and healing and just getting near him. What do you think, what do you think we as a family, seriously, what would you not do? Well, I can't, you know what, that Georgia game's coming on. I can't do it right now. That's a tender thing to me. But could you imagine getting Andy to Jesus? Those atrophied legs that I've seen all my growing up years straighten out and look normal. And Andy, my brother Andy, stands up and too much of a bother to keep me from getting him. One of my greatest fears in ministry, thanks to my predecessor, Lewis Smith, scared me to think he was supposed to do here and he forgot about it. And he was all the way, I think it's close, and his wife called him and said, Lewis, where are you? The wedding starts in five minutes. Since he touched 23 years ago, Ever since he's told me that, I set three alarms. I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus showed up and, and your wedding was at six and, and Jesus isn't going to keep me from getting my brother to Jesus, it's going, don't you? What about us? People on pallets, wherever he was rumored to be. Area, right? So he's moving. We're going to see that in the next verse. That's a bad thing, right? But what are they saying? Where have you last seen him? Well, last time we're going where? West. They relied on the word. Listen, uh, listen to me. Listen to me. Are you one of the people that, that other people have been with Jesus? We, that, I'm trying to think of which gospel it's in. But, but, but they're talking about the disciples. They were lying on those people who had been with Jesus. That's the expansion of the kingdom. Amen? We, we need to even think of telling people about Jesus. Town Perry, we were right there. So we went in there, and um, what am I seeing? Handsome young fellow. Reminded me of Sam. Had that very handsome. But I tell you what. My heart. Where he is looking for, for significance and hope, is going to give him neither. And there's a God who made you just the way you are. For those people. Now think about this for a minute. It probably wasn't easy. I'm thinking of Andy. Right? Can you imagine carrying someone on a pallet 
for miles because of this last one reaction number four this is beautiful the people laid the sick wherever Jesus was and this is where we have a little bit of passage of time verse 56 whenever he entered into villages whenever he entered into village Nazareth where he grew up that's a village then there's cities like Capernaum that's a city not a village the country where nobody was but that didn't last very long it appears and what did they do with their sick they brought in just cities or the country look what they did they laid the sick isn't that interesting and begged him now, again let's just back up from this text for a minute <clears throat> understanding first century people in the marketplace Sit, Jonathan. People there. Think of somewhere locally where there's always a line. We'd be laying Andy in a chick fil a to go get some gospel chicken for lunch. <laughs> right? Seriously, you go where... I remember eating was an issue for Jesus because people would surround him. The most likely place, that's where people went. And so they... with sick and dying people. With the market, kind of like that, and they're clogging up the road... These, these, these sick, possessed, leprosy, they're all, it's, it's, it's like there's a hospital convention. And they begged him just a touch. For record, so we don't really know. I have a hard time believing that. I could just see this mass of fallen humanity dying, just, just trying to reach out and touch the ta they wore these tassels and there was a specific braid and then a colors and then devout Jewish men always wore these on the hem of their garment to remind them of God's touch one of those tassels have we heard something about it's the woman with the issue of blood right she thought she'd pull a fast one and she reaches out she's healed she's healed faith has made you well She believed. This is a beautiful verses 5 through the beginning of verse 6. Listen to this. Then the eye deaf unstopped. The lame man shall leap like a heart. That means that's a, that's a, they would bring these people and lay them there. And they were just, verse, and as many as touched him were what? It, first of all, it has the time stamp of instantly has the connotation of completely whole. And brothers and sisters, to me, when you touch Jesus in faith, you are whole. Remember what Jesus said with that woman with the issue of blood? There's a big crowd and who touched me? What a dumb question. Everybody's touching you. And Jesus says, no, go out of me. Virtue means righteous goodness. When people come to Jesus in faith, only hope for being right with God when they understand that but when you touch Jesus his goodness is placed into you anybody glad for that and it literally infills us with the person of the Holy Spirit Look, you touch Jesus today you come to Jesus in faith today and his pay for it nothing but it will cost you your life you're free to make a difference you're free to be different you're free to live different 
Your desires change. Willing to pay because God has changed you. Your tastes. These people, real account, are the people who carried them. They're friends who carried them. For my, Andy, I'll tell you what, I carried you this far. You better hope he comes because if you ain't walking home, right? Right? Wow. What, what a, do these people, their friends and the ill, they knew that Jesus was their only hope. I think we've forgotten. Jesus is not our last hope. He's our only hope. On page 214, if you'd like to know. Let me read it to you. Saving. As its supreme treasure, Jesus Christ, with all that saving faith. That's touching Jesus with, from him. That's idolatry. Coming to Jesus because that's saving faith. And that saving faith, as they were being hurriedly rushed and thrown, of course, of course they did. My dude has no ability to fix himself. They thought he was born with no brain function whatsoever. And back in his day, they told the nurse noticed that Andy was, his arms were moving and he had him in. They said, no, that, that's brain function. Something's going on there. And then they found out they died. Andy's dad had died. His birth dad had died. He said, that's so sad. I hope he knew Jesus. I said, hope, hope, right? Wow. You know what? That's spoken from someone who does know Jesus. and Andy. One of the most beautiful. Oh, right? Andy can't fix himself. He is totally helpless at that. Rejoice. I love that. about that in there. Because Mark knows that's, that's not the end game. But it fixed their spiritual life. His husband was in the hospital and was in very bad shape. Like it was at his house, I had shared the gospel with him, to which he was not interested. When he, he said, what do you mean? I said, you're a wicked man. He was. He was a whole thing that can happen right here is you die and split hell wide open. And I turned to leave. And that was, his, I think that was God. And he said, Pastor, please. But him, he spilled his guts. And he said, I deserve, whoever touched the hem of his garment was made well. And Doug was, I tell you that as, a, as an ending here today, but I just, I, I think a lot of times we're seeking his hand. But sometimes it's not good. But listen to me. The more you seek his face, his hand and not his face. You're believing something about God that's not true. The world, and boy, weren't we reminded of that in this text, how fallen this world was. So my encouragement to you today is seek his face. Touch Jesus and let him. 23, yes, in, in chapter 7, with with the main religious leaders of Jesus' day who were sick and are now well, productive members of society miles north to complain that Jesus guys are eating without washing their hands because that's really and demon possessed people are being are, are, are being freed lepers are being cleansed <laughs> it's almost laughable be careful because we can do the very same thing 
and leave what he does, good, positive, or negative, would you stand with me? As we pray today, our, our musicians are going to come. Oh, sing one of my... I want to say this, this is not over. This is a time for you to respond. There's an old-fashioned altar. Say, hey, you know what? It's me. I've been seeking his, his hands and not his face. I went forward and say, Lord, I'm pressing you. I'm just... Best I can right now, I, you're, you're I can right now with, with, with my life. I'm just reaching out and I'm, I'm touching the hem of your garment and all that you've done. And I, I, I'm not even worried about what you choose and we're walking through it together. That's what I want. Because you know what? I want, you, I want to tell you something to come to that point that we seek his face and not his hand. We invite him into who's with us. Maybe that's what you need to do today. As I pray, you can come. Love for that and you for Jesus. Thank you for this interesting passage here and that you will speak it loud and clear into our lives. Help us to know, give us that insight that only you can. Are, are we do for us or are we in it for you? Purify our hearts in Jesus' name.